You're listening to the Grassroots Church Podcast. We're a Jesus-centered community in Thunder Bay, Ontario. You can learn how to participate more by going to our website at grassroots.church. This morning, I thought we would spend our last Sunday of the year, our last day of the year, in fact, together um, as a church family, considering the faithfulness of God, particularly uh, his faithfulness to this community, but also in our own lives. Um, over the past 12 months. Uh, after all, there's been quite a lot to, uh, quite a lot that has happened within our community, quite a lot to uh, reflect on over the past 12 months. Um, from a sort of 30,000 foot level, um, high above the ground, looking down at our community, there are all sorts of things that have taken place within our community over the last year that we might be able to point to um, as evidence of God's faithfulness. For one, we are, for the first time in our history, um, not financially strapped. I say that very cautiously. Uh, but that is because uh, in April, we sold our building. Remember that building? Remember how it looked back in the day? Um, and amazingly, we've been able to stay in this building for now a year. Uh, that comes up in April. Uh, but we also said farewell this spring to our interim pastor and his wife, Steve and Annette. They're over at Grace Free Church. Uh, but they served with us for 18 months, and so that was a, a lovely time uh, with them as well. Our summer services in the backyard were memorable, were they not? Yeah. Um, this summer we had hikes, we had gig events, we had baseball, we had all sorts of uh, fun things that really kind of brought us together as a church family, uh, finally allowing us to reconnect like pre-COVID times, which I know I, for one, was desperately longing for. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we've got an active youth group uh, with exceptional kids who have exceptional talents. <laughs> right? And as a community, we've done all sorts of volunteering uh, and good work throughout the city, spreading the love of Jesus everywhere, from coldest night of the year, last February, to packing hampers just a couple of weeks ago, right before Christmas. And all sorts of things, all sorts of ways that we've served in this community and has been really encouraging. There are a number of home groups that are meeting either weekly or every other week. Um, and they, you know, these, are, these are folks who are growing in familiarity with each other and building relationships centered on Jesus. And speaking of centered on Jesus, we joined the Jesus Collective, which is a network of churches aligned with Jesus-centered values, fostering collaboration and belonging, advancing a kingdom movement in post-Christian context. That's directly from their website. Um, this network, this collaboration, this collection of churches and individuals has really helped us sort of um, shape our own identity as a church community. And I know for myself as a church leader, it has provided just... Um, uh, a wealth of resources and a wealth of sort of connections and um, just encouragement, I guess, at the end of the day. Uh, we meet monthly as a Jesus Collective hub uh, with folks from different from church leaders from across North America. And, uh, and we just kind of encourage each other and, and, and do ministry together in that way. And it's been a huge blessing for as well, for me. Um, it's awkward for me to say this, but also our church has a new pastor who, though maybe balding and... Um, a little bit aging, you might say. What's that? It happens, says Bill. Uh, yes, it does happen. 
I can at least say I've got lots of energy, though not maybe so much today, uh, but lots of energy, and I've got just sort of this excitement to see people's lives changed by Jesus, and you got to admit, my gift game is on point, is it not? Uh, uh. And finally, I don't think it's just me, but there um, has been this sort of renewed energy within our community um, this year. Would you sense that as well? There's been sort of a, a wider uptake in volunteering. Our Roots and Shoots ministry is, thro- is thriving. Uh, a gig is happening. There's home groups that are kind of um, really uh, growing. And so there's just so much to be encouraged about. And it just seems, I was actually chatting with um, somebody in our church uh, last week or two weeks ago or so. And he's, you know, he's been here since the beginning. And he said, grassroots is at one of its healthiest is in one of its healthiest seasons that I've seen in a long time. And I think that is just exceptional. And we've said before that numbers is not the final uh, metric of what determines the church's success or healthiness or not. And so there's all sorts of variables and all sorts of factors that we would point to and say, yeah, God has been faithful to grassroots over the last year. And I could go on and on about the good things that have taken place within our community and and hold that up as proof of God's faithfulness. But I've also been sort of thinking about this idea of God's faithfulness. And like I do with everything, I overthink it. And then I'm like, oh, can I even speak to this? And it gets frustrating uh, to be in my mind. But um, one thing I was thinking, there, there is a problem when we equate God's faithfulness with his blessings. Um, and it is this, if we equate God's faithfulness with his blessing, what does that say about God's faithfulness when life becomes difficult? Because we all know that life isn't trouble-free, right? And if you're human and you don't live in a Disney movie, chances are you've experienced hardships in your life as well. And strife, um, setbacks, difficulties, uh, those are probably a big part of your life. And I know there have been hardships in this community over the past year as well. It's great that we've been able to sell our building, but we had to give up this church building in the first place because our shrinking numbers couldn't maintain or couldn't sustain the cost of keeping the doors open. And it's great that, you know, we're welcoming new folks and to this church family, but over the past few years, we've lost a lot of grassrooters for all sorts of reasons. And that hurts. That's discouraging. And we're still in the search for a new space, um, and that's exciting, but there hasn't been a clear-cut direction yet for where we're going to go. And for those of us who are working here, that can be pretty hard to handle, (laughs) and probably for you as well. Um, Of course, we're trusting that God's going to work that out, and and I'm sure he will, but sometimes that can be a difficult season to be in. And beyond the struggles of our community as a whole, there are circumstances in our own lives that have proved very difficult and challenging this year. Some of us have lost our parents. Others of us are entering into a season where um, our parents are starting to age and their health is decreasing and there's an increased need for us to provide care and um, attention to them. And that can be difficult with weighing the other responsibilities of life as well. There are marriages in our community that have struggled. There are relationships with our kids, with our teens that have felt strain. Um, There are all sorts of mental health concerns. 
Some of us are even in a dark season of faith in which we're just not able to see God. And we're like, where is God in all of this? And that's all hard stuff. And I can go on and on equally with the hardships and the pains of life as a community, as a whole, but also as individuals, as families. And so the question is then, how do we affirm that God is faithful, that God is good, and yet deal with both the reality of the blessings in our life, the reality of the good things that come, as well as the hard things? And you guys thought that New Year's Eve service is just going to be a breeze. We'll be in and out in no time. Um, Well, honestly, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. This is maybe the biggest theological question that theologians have wrestled with for thousands of years. How do you... uh, And it's it's framed another way, and perhaps more familiarly to you. how, How do you reconcile a good God with hard things, with suffering? That's more sort of baseline what we're asking. And honestly, there have been all sorts of answers that have been uh, put forth to that. You know, God gives us free will. And so these things happen as a result of free will. Um, God's ways are mysterious. They're beyond our ways. And we aren't able to ascertain or grasp his reasons, his rationale. Or maybe God uses our suffering. He uses the hardships um, to teach us things as tools for growth. And I think there's truth in some of that, or maybe even all of that, but um, sometimes, if we're honest, those answers aren't really enough, right? Um, And chances are, if you've endured hardships, you would look to those answers and be like, yeah, great, but I still feel struggle. I still feel sort of this dissonance, this distance from God. And so, Here's what I can affirm this morning. I believe that God, and I think everyone in this church would believe this, that God is good. Amen. God is good. And we know this because all throughout the New Testament, we, there's this theme, and the theme captured in this passage, the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And so we see this statement, or this sentiment, over and over again, uh, pronounced by Jesus himself, pronounced by Paul, pronounced by other authors in the New Testament, that Jesus, if you want to know what the Father looks like, what his character is, then you look at his son. You look at Jesus. And in Jesus, we see goodness. We see that God is good because Jesus is good. Um, and so that's why I can affirm that God is good because when I look at Jesus, when I study Jesus in the Gospels, when I look at the heart of Jesus, who he came, who he, who he came and ministered to, uh, what, how he lived his life, how he gave up his life, I see absolute goodness. And that's how I can affirm that God the Father is good. So if that's the case, if God is good, what about the rest then? Well, this is the conclusion that I have come to, and it could be off, but I think this is substantiated through Scripture. It is that God's faithfulness and his goodness have little to do with our circumstance 
and everything to do with his presence. Does that sound right? Yeah? Does that resonate with where you're at in your outlook, in your understanding? Our circumstances may change, and they do, but his presence will not. And so we see this all through Scripture. Beginning at Mount Sinai, when uh, Moses and the people of Israel are entering into a covenant with God, it is a covenant of presence. And so the tabernacle and later the temple are this symbolic um, tool or this, a symbol of God dwelling with them, in their, with them, being present with them. And we see this in the New Testament as well. Under the new covenant, it is a covenant of presence through Jesus. He, he's about to leave earth, and his words to his followers are this, that all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And he says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Again, the crucial element of Jesus' covenant of presence is this promise that surely I will be with you always. So whether the Israelites are starving in the desert or they're enjoying the plunders of Canaan, God is faithful because he is present with them. Whether the people of God are in captivity in Babylon or they've just finished rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, God is faithful because he is present with them. Whether Paul is proclaiming the gospel and interacting with the Athenians in the center square of Athens, or he is imprisoned and beaten or shipwrecked or whatever, God is faithful because he is present with him. And as a community, we can declare that God's faithfulness over the past year is there regardless of our circumstance because we believe that God is with us every step of the way. And I'm learning that his faithfulness is evident in his unwavering presence in both the smooth times and the joys and the, when life comes easy, but also when life comes at us with difficulty. Because he has promised he will be with us to the very end of the age. And so here's how this perspective of God, or here's how this sort of angle or this truth can help us, or at least it's helped me. I no, no, no longer need to hold on to what I call a schizophrenic God. God is not schizophrenic. He is consistently good all the time. He is consistently faithful all the time. My circumstances do not dictate the character or the nature of God. Let me say that again. My circumstances, whether I am going through a season of bliss or whether I am going through a season of hardship, whatever my circumstance might be, does not change the nature and the character of God. He is good because he has promised to be with us and present with us. Amen. Um, and we might not be able to wrap our heads around that when life gets hard. I mean, this is, again, going back to that challenge of why does God allow suffering? There's all sorts of reasons that 
perhaps are beyond us, but we can cling to the promise that even in the midst of that, he is good. And I think that's, that's a good message for us to end 2023 on, right? Through thick or thin, God has promised to never let go, which is why the author of Hebrews can boldly declare this. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. This is what it means to be faithful. I am with you always. And so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? He, the author of of, Hebrews, Hebrews, or she, we don't know who the author is, is saying, however your circumstance finds you, wherever you're at, find contentment because God has promised never to leave you. Whatever hardships you're facing, remember that he's there with you in that hardship. He's with you always. That is, I don't know, to me that is just... Sometimes that's not going to be enough. I I get it. You're looking for more. You need something with more teeth. But sometimes that is enough. Sometimes it is enough. The question then that we're left with is, if God's faithfulness, if God's goodness is really a declaration of his presence, what does that presence look like? And this is another big question. Um... And again, I'm not going to dive into it too deeply, but I think there's all sorts of ways. For some people, it is just this um, inner voice or this inner sense that there is God's presence is with us and you don't have words to explain it. I've heard people talk that way. Um, for other people, it is maybe a voice that is just spoken in the quietness of their mind. Um, sometimes it's a song. And you're just like, God is present in this right, through worship. I know for myself, it is typically through other people. Typically, it's through other people that God has shown his presence. Uh, For instance, Ron and I walked into, excuse me, this pastoral role this past year. Uh, We walked into it with all sorts of doubts and uncertainties and insecurities, uh, but we kept moving forward in this um, because of the people that came alongside us, Jesus-centered people who came alongside us, who we have a relationship of trust with, who said, who affirmed, these are your gifts, these are your passions, these these are the directions, this is the direction you should go because it lines up with, um, you know, what you're you're most uh, skilled in and what you're most um, passionate about. And so it was the voices of those people, the support of those people, folks in this community, who said, this is for you, that allowed Ron and I to keep going. And in those relationships, we felt the presence of God. And so I think God shows up through other people, but I think he shows up through all sorts of ways. And that's sort of the beautiful of being a follower of Jesus is that we wake up to these surprises every day of how God shows himself to us. It could be in creation. Um, it could be in anything. There's, it's just like there's an infinite ways that God's presence is shown to us. And I'm not sure what his faithfulness looks like in your life this morning, 
But um, as I close, I want to leave a few minutes for all of us. I have a microphone. Uh, I wanted to leave a few minutes sort of as a testimonial time. And it doesn't have to be big, long-winded stuff. Um, in fact, probably best if it isn't. <laughs> but if you have some thing, and there's zero pressure here at all. If there's nothing and we're standing here awkwardly for 30 seconds, that's okay, because I have a little slideshow that we can, we can kind of uh, watch at the end as well. Um, but if there's something that is on your heart, and you're like, hey, I think this would bless the church community by sharing this testimonial uh, of how God has been faithful, how God has been present, whether it was a blissful, wonderful, this is a blessing that poured into my life this year, and I just need to share it, or if it was like, this is a hard season that I went through, but I can attest that God has been present, and here's how he showed his presence in my life in this season. However that looks, if there is something that you would like to share this morning uh, uh, regarding God's presence, his faithfulness, I'd like to just leave a few minutes, a few moments even, um, right now for us to share that. And I want to use a microphone so that our recording can actually get it as well. So... Uh, the floor is open. You, you, yeah, the microphone's right there, Scott. If you, Scott's going to run around with the microphone. Um, and, uh, and again, don't feel obligated, and if there's not, that's totally fine. I, uh, I know that Grassroots has had uh, a, lot of year, a lot of stuff happen this year, um, and there's been a lot of stuff that's happened in your own life, but some of that is uncomfortable to share, and that's fair as well. But Jen's going to open it. Or is he? Awesome, okay. Getting our new house. All right, Izzy, thanks. Getting your new house. Yes, that's a blessing. Thanks, Izzy. You guys our house. Oh, helping us with the wood in the new house. That's right. We uh, had a group of folks back in November, I think, or early December, that shared and that just kind of got together and helped split, cut, and stack eight cores of wood. That was huge and a lot of work. Bill. It's a bit of a risk, but... Uh, Here we go. Because we've had enough blubbering already this morning. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Maybe I'll title this uh, God's Timing. Some years ago, and as my wife can attest, I have no idea how many years ago, <laughs> uh, Chris decided he was going to leave, and we embarked on a pastoral search and during that search time uh, Steve filled in the uh, pulpit mm -hmm. and he may not remember oh I remember those are hard days but I went to uh, <laughs> I went to him and I said God and I are satisfied that we have found our pastor uh. But uh, he was unwilling to accept. And um, I remember when I heard this year that he had accepted. And I was so thankful. The timing was not what I was asking for initially, but mm. it came about. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Cool. Rich. So I have three things. First, um, 
I am finally, after a long time, healthy enough to be back at normal life, which is awesome. Mm. Uh, thank you. Mm. On, uh, and then this fall, my, uh, I think on the same day or the day after my stepdad's five-year cancer-free day, my mom had a tumor removed from her breast, and she's totally fine, uh, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I just wanted to, to say is that I, uh, I am constantly blown away watching uh, Dr. and Mrs. Weeb do their thing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they just are incredible uh, examples of what it looks like to be faithful. Amen. Yeah. Let's, let's give them an applause. That's good. When I think of um, this past year and the loss of the building was a big deal for my kids especially, um, just because they grew up here, but the faithfulness of this being a safe space for my kids to grow up, mm. and I didn't realize it was a safe space for me and, and my wife, and so, yeah, there's just, I mean, not this physical space, but these people were a safe space to figure out faith when it didn't make sense, so, yeah. yeah. Amen. It's good. Church is the people. Um, awesome. Karen also would like to share. Just a short one, she says. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. I'm thankful for everyone at Grassroots for the new pastor that we've had for the many rides that I've had that people have driven me to that I can't get right. Yeah. And my sling slipping and for um, just everything. God is good. Okay. Mm, he is. Talking about God's faithfulness through people, Karen has been a steady um, beam of light in our community. So thanks. And so let us um, close our service together by gathering around the bread and the cup as we typically do every week and um, remembering um, why we gather in the first place. What is the center of our faith? And it is Jesus. And it is the Jesus who has been crucified and resurrected again, who gives us hope and who is present with us. Amen.